This is iFanboy Special Edition, The Marvels. Hello, my name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hi there. And the internet's Paul Montgomery. Hello. And we're here to discuss The Marvels. It's a special edition about the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe film. Number 33. The 33rd? Is it the 33rd film? That's, yep. This is not the animated brand trust. You don't have to give me the numbers, Paul. Uh, I appreciate it. It's the 33rd Marvel Cinematic Universe film. We haven't had one since Doctor Strange, right? Right? Uh, What? Last Guardians year. of the Galaxy? Oh, that's right. I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah, I saw that. I was away. Oh, okay. That's great. It was a great I never movie. Saw it. Paul and I did that. That's why it's familiar yeah. to me. That's right. That's I remember right. the experience of talking to you about it more than I remember watching the film. Oh, it was a good one. It was. I liked it, but, you know, here we are. That animal torture, Josh was all over it. This film is a sequel to a film that came out four years ago, and it is also a sequel to two different TV shows. Mm. It may be the, the nexus of all the problems that Marvel's having at the moment. Spoiler warning, we have to delve into the spoilers for this movie, especially for some specific things that happen. So if you haven't seen the film, for some reason you're listening to it, pause it and come back for your own mental health. I do think it's interesting. You said that it's a sequel to two TV shows. Yep. So I'm assuming that you mean Ms. Marvel. Yes. And WandaVision. Correct. But not Secret Invasion. <laughs> I never finished it. So I don't know if it is a sequel or not. I never finished the pilot. I dropped off in the middle of Secret Invasion and never finished it. So I have no idea if it's connected or not. I'm not saying it was a low point for all of Western culture, but it was pretty bad. It was rough. But is it connected? Is this a sequel to three shows? I mean, Nick Fury's in it. There's yeah, scrolls it, in it. There's scrolls in it. I like how in this movie, the scrolls were actually scrolls as opposed to the Secret Invasion when they were walking around as people. Yeah, it's very decidedly not a sequel to Secret Invasion. Okay, great. It so it's just of, two TV shows. Yeah. Yeah. So Captain Marvel came out in between the two final Avengers films, between Infinity War and Endgame, made over a billion dollars mm-hmm. No one remembers what it was about. It was so long ago they had to do a recap of the movie in this movie. Yeah. And it still didn't help. I was like, wait, what the, did that happen? Wait. So I what's mean, interesting is that I went, I took my kids to see it. And at the beginning, I, I was like, oh, man, I thought I must have missed something. I didn't watch Miss Marvel, but I was able to sort of figure out who she was. That was yep. fine. But I, I felt yep. like I'd missed something else. And I thought there must be really confused. <laughs> What were they? Did you ask them? The children. They were, like, at first, they didn't know what the fuck was going on, but eventually they yeah. just got into it. Are children as, as just generally be. confused all the time? No, not mine. If they are, they wouldn't admit it. So, look, I, the, the first Captain Marvel, we, we reviewed it. I don't remember what we gave it as a rating, but I do remember thinking it was very sort of middle of the road and forgettable. And it was. I don't remember anything about it other than, some vague, <laughs> other than Samuel Jackson running around doing an old man and an Irishman with an old body with a young face. And this is nothing against Brie Larson. I think is really good as Captain Marvel with her weird energy. And I, I think all three leads are really good. And I think Sam Jackson had a spring in a step in this one. Yeah. I thought the, the main actors on the hero side were really good. I think this movie fell down on a really paper thin story and also a completely forgettable villain whose name I could not tell you if you put a gun to my head right now. That was my takeaway. Arden. The lady? Yes. The skinny lady? I was like, she's too little to be an accuser. Darben is her name. Isn't that the name of Mandalorian? Darben. That's, that's Jin, Jin Darn. Jar. 
So that was my takeaway was that I love the three leads as a character. I think they're really great as those characters. I like the characters a lot. I thought Sam Jackson was fun. The story was kind of, again, forgettable and blase. He's just wrapping it up for himself. And <laughs> Here's just, my thanks summary. Everybody. <laughs> thanks, everybody. <laughs> thanks. That was my takeaway. What, did you, what was your guys' overall thought on it? I went in with kind of low expectations because the advanced reviews for this were kind of middling. There were actually some positive reviews that were kind of like, this is just sort of going back to phase one. It's very simple and it's kind of the best and worst of phase one in that it has that classic MCU villain problem where they're just kind of dull as watching wallpaper dry. Yeah, but that that kind of worked for me here in a weird way because it put more focus on the protagonists and it is kind of a convoluted setup for them and this you know the switching back and forth and everything which by the way the rules for that didn't always make sense yeah at first i was like it's anytime they use their powers and it, no it's when two of them use their powers that causes a switch like if they use their powers simultaneously okay they never said that you can't try to track it <laughs> Because there are instances where, you know, like Kamala is using her powers and it was like, wait, why isn't she up in the sky? But I think when that gimmick is used to the fullest, I think it's really fun Mm -hmm. and made for some good action sequences. And I kind of, after a lot of the recent MCU films, I was kind of down on the previous phase. I kind of liked that this was just sort of character centric and the plot was just kind of in the background. Obviously, that doesn't make for a great film, but it made for an entertaining film for me. So this is kind of middle of the road, but I had fun with it. Yeah, I mean, before Josh gets in, I'll agree that it was, they're entertaining. I liked spending time with the leads. They're fun together. It was funny. Aman Vellani's Kamala Khan, I think, still is terrific. She's great. She's Tayona Paris is really, really good as my first Captain Marvel. Professor Marvel. Monica Rambeau. I mean, uh, Josh, you tell I me. Mean, Am I the only one here when, when, at our age, kind of, when I started reading comics sort of seriously, she was Captain Marvel. And so I still kind of think of her as Captain Marvel. So when when they brought back Carol Danvers in like sort of the Kurt Busiek period, I was like, who is this person? The first time through, like in all the old boxes of comics that I had, she was Photon or she was Mm. was Captain Marvel. But also I remember thinking, because I knew who Captain Marvel was. And I remember seeing that lady and and thinking- You mean the male Captain Marvel? Yeah, like the original one. Yeah. Like, I, just because at the time, like, I think yeah. the death of Captain Marvel had been when I first, right, first right. started reading. And I thought, that's weird that that person's like that. So then later when I came back, that was when it was Avengers and, and Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, was a warbird. But weren't you reading the Roger Stern stuff? Uh, not like, maybe. I don't remember. Because that was, she was Captain Marvel on the team of Roger Stern. You mean Monica Rambo? Monica, yeah. I mean, like, I have the image of her, but that's about it. You know what I mean? Like she was a person, she was in the books. I didn't really know who she was. It wasn't the one I was looking for. So Captain Marvel for me. So it's funny because at a certain point, Carol Danvers is kind of Warbird to me. Well, she was Warbird and then she was Miss Marvel. and then She wasn't Captain Marvel until relatively recently in our comic reading lives. At the same time, though, I think that she is one of the, she's not a new character, Carol Danvers, but I do Mm-mm. believe that she has been one of the characters been really well developed over the years within the comics. And then she stands on her own as a unique character, I think. And also, uh, you know, so one of the characters like I buy her and I like her as one of the powerhouses mm-hmm. in the Marvel Comics universe. And then therefore, by extension, in the MCU, I don't think that I loved the movie Captain Marvel, but I think Brie Larson 
as Captain Marvel is one of the best castings they've ever done. She's great. And I think that in a way, because there haven't been that many of them and she didn't have a big part in the Avengers movies, which I think was a huge mistake. It was a huge loss. There's this weird thing about the character. You know how like we complain a lot that like they can't get Wonder Woman right? Mm-hmm. I feel like they get Carol Danvers right. You mean the comics? Yeah. I mean, she yeah. really is like a well of She's super powerful. She doesn't really have a... Uh, you know, an inferiority complex of any kind. Like she's very confident about her powers and what it is. And like her thing is that she's trying to do the right thing. I think the movie translates that really well. Like the thing that she knows is, and it's not like, it's not like Bruce Wayne who's tortured about not being able to save everybody. She's got all this power. She realizes that she's confident, but she can't do everything for everyone. And they touch on that in this. I think what you're sort of nudging towards is that in the post Endgame world, the characters have all been separated. We haven't had an Mm -hmm. Avengers movie since Endgame. Mm -hmm. And so we don't get to see her interact with other yeah. She was in the Avengers movies a little bit. We don't really get to but see her But even then, it was like, I, I got to go deal with some shit. And she took off. And right. I was like, what? Because I, uh, having seen the, the movie, the movie was fine, whatever. But I really liked her. And so I think, did the second, what's the second, first part of the end game? It was Infinity War. Infinity, Infinity War. War. I was really excited that she was going to be part of it because I thought, oh, she's going to really bring a thing to this, you know, versus Thanos. That's going to be great. And she just like did a cameo. And I was like, that's lame. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think she's great. I mean, and also like, you know, Brie Larson's a, a wonderful actor. She doesn't kind of look like anybody or sound like anything. I think that's why she she works as Captain Marvel. So again, I, I just kind of thought it, it was a waste. So I was really happy to see her. I don't know what you're talking about, Connor, because I thought Teona Paris seems incredibly out of place and didn't know what she wanted to do. Wasn't happy to be there. Like she was just like, oh, oh, am I doing this? Like it was just this constant, like I'm kind of lost. And I wanted her to be a little more apparent. I just didn't know what her character was supposed to be. Well, I think they were trying to roll with this conflict where she felt abandoned by Carol from her childhood. The problem with that is in this movie, we kind of want to be over that. I I think as an audience at this point, there was no drama to that. And the other thing is it was a different actress. It was, you know, it was the kid actor playing her. There was also a time thing where I was, I was looking at my kids like, I'm not sure how to explain this. Like it's a relativity, but so like, like make her friend. They didn't need to do it that way. I think it would have been better if she was her best friend, new actor or not. That would have been, no, why did you leave us? Well, there was a fucking blip. Everybody disappeared for five years. What are you going to do? It wasn't earned. I can understand starting at that point, but they never really got past that point. That was the one right. thing that was kind of frustrating. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, get over it. She didn't leave you on purpose. She was taken and it's away. It's like she's like an, an intelligent person. She's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. not not that you know, like every intelligent person has to be like emotionally, you know, mature as everyone else, but I think it made her feel petty. It made More her than feel anything. petty. She just, I just feel like she didn't have the same screen presence. She wasn't there either like being a superhero or happy to be a superhero. There was a couple scenes where like she's running around and I was like, she looks like she's play acting. Like I didn't believe that she believed that she was in it. Meanwhile, mm. you've got Brie Larson who just has stage presence and is, is you know, the character who's kind of aloof, which really works for Captain Marvel. And then you've got Aman Vellani, who's like, she was amazing. She was awesome. She was the heart and soul of the mm-hmm. person breathing on the skin, you know, ha- happy to be there. And I just thought like between the three of them, either she didn't have her character defined enough from her own point of view, but I don't think that she was bringing enough oomph to it. She, to me, seemed like she was like she was playing it like, I don't even know why I'm here, you know? And I don't want that if you're in space with superpowers. Right. I mean, this is her first instance of being a superhero. She wasn't in WandaVision. 
I get it, but it's a movie. I don't. You don't have to. Like you don't. Right, have it's a continuing to. story. So she hasn't before this point been a superhero. She wasn't even in the start of this movie. She was just part of the science team. I've seen it too often. The Kyle Rayner of the. I'm like just you know from the moment that you're out in space and some shit goes wrong and then you use your superpowers, then you know I don't know. I just I she didn't work for me. I wanted to. This is your first experience with Kamala Khan. You just said you liked her. Can you talk about her some more? Yeah. Well, I didn't watch the show at all. No yeah. real particular reason for that. I was, I think I was barely aware of it for one thing. But over time, I remember when that character first came out, people were, were very, very sort of excited about it. And I was like, I don't know. And I, and I read some of the comics. And over time, I really liked that character. And I think that, again, they kept the soul of that character really well in this. She is from a Muslim family. She has a different setup, you know, they're her weird brother, but she's just happy to, like, she's happy to be part of it. There's not insecurity about it. She's really confident about it, even though she's new and she mm-hmm. recognizes that she's new but like it was that thing like when stuff was going wrong she's like i gotta help you know like even though it's gonna be bad she had a hero inside of her even without the power yes like, yeah. yeah she had a desire to help people yeah and i i just i enjoyed that i like that a lot of times if they go and they change somebody's powers for a movie or a, yeah. a show it's dumb but uh you know they're like hard light and i was like that's such an old comic book <laughs> like, eh, <laughs> fucking hard lights hard water whatever but i thought that it was actually a, a fairly apt interpretation of her weird powers that i don't understand in comics they're able to make it kind of like the stretchy body power right. she has so, so basically it's the same effect but they gave it a reason for being and like she used it in a way that i thought worked really well cinematically it's Iceman, but you know yeah. but whatever yeah I, I just thought she had a lot of presence and also she's just very different female lead than we ever get in a movie like this really the closest would have been like uh I don't know. I can't even think of it. She's just a, a unique sort of character. Well, I, I think of her as role. like the modern Spider-Man. Yeah. When Peter was a kid. But like a Gen Z Spider-Man. But it's also I mean, it's very close to the Spider-Man that was in Civil War, right? Very excited yeah. to be mm-hmm. there, young and happy. I mean, she's different different enough mm-hmm. that it's, yeah. not this, it's not a carbon copy, but it's similar vibe, which has made Spider-Man fun. But Spider-Man is also, there's always an element to Peter Parker that is tortured. And yes. Tom Holland had to play that, and she doesn't have to. Her whole thing. She gets to play joyous. Right. And her whole thing in the other book was, I can't have my family find out about it. But in this, apparently, that was already sorted out. So the family knows you don't have to deal with that crap. You can just Mm -hmm. go. And I like that. Were they moving into the house in Louisiana? Uh, Apparently. I thought they were helping Carol move into that house, but I'm not. That seems inefficient. Like, she has superpowers, and they're from New Jersey, so (laughs) what are those two old people going to do? (laughs) It's worth it. Because their house got wrecked. The house is toast. And I also think that, like, the Jersey City thing is so crucial to, you know, her story and to have that as her, like, home base. So it's like you can do things like have Matt Murdock move between San Francisco and New York every few years. But I think for Kamala, like, it's got to be Jersey City. Mm -hmm. I love the Khan family. They were really great in the show. I think her mom is really great. Yeah, She's really, like, fierce and protective. But then also you, you see how Kamala got to be the person that she is by looking at, at her parents and, you know, they, you know, where she's saying, you know, you, you have a, a greater purpose, you know? And so I think they're really good and they were favorites for my audience, which was largely dead, but, um, really responded to, <laughs> to them and all the, the Kamala stuff. And, Oh, I just remembered mm-hmm. the part of the movie that I went, what the fuck is this? The singing aliens. Oh, what the fuck was that? 
I, I didn't that. mind. I, I thought at first I was like, uh oh. Then I was like, okay, it's kind of charming. And then I was like, okay, hopefully it doesn't go much longer. And it didn't. So I thought it was all right. It's it like, like, I was like, we're doing a dance thing. I was like, oh. Well, what I thought, I thought was, was like, and I'm going to phrase this carefully. I thought, mm. is this because this is a thing girls like? That's what I thought. And I don't mean it in a bad way. I was like, okay, this isn't aimed at me. And that's not unusual for things now because I'm old and snobby. And I was like, is this, are they, are like, is this in here? Is like a dance singing thing? Because that's a female perspective. And I'm trying, I'm not being condescending. No, no, no. So I would tweak it a little bit. My Mm -hmm. thought was that, is this in here because the incels will hate it? Uh-oh, what are you calling Josh an incel? Not Josh, I'm saying, no, no but I'm, I'm saying, like, the, the guy, I'm not saying that, I'm saying the misogynists who are absolutely against this movie even existing would hate this, but they're not watching it anyway. I think there's a light tone that director and writer Anita Costa was going for. It felt very much at home in a Taika Waititi Thor film. I thought mm-hmm. it was a little more Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, either one. It felt a part of that sort of club of films where mm-hmm. it felt like if it had gone on for 15 minutes, but I thought it was a five minute or whatever it was segment of the film. I didn't mind it. I thought mm-hmm. it was fun. And apparently the guy playing the prince is like a gigantic star in yes. South Korea. Park Seo-joon. Yeah. Huge, huge name. He was, he was in Parasite. Right. Was he in okay. Parasite? Right, right, right. Oh, he was in Parasite. I believe, if my under, my contextual understanding of it is that him appearing in Parasite for South Korean audiences is more like him being a, like a cameo mm-hmm. in it. Hmm. He's like a way bigger star than just like a character actor who would appear in that role normally. So I have a plus minus on that is that it made me feel sort of like I had missed something like, Oh, did this happen somewhere? Like there was really a part where I, th- I thought hard. I was like, was there another captain Marvel movie that I forgot? Well, about? I felt that way about the entire plot of the movie. No, but that being the case, there's another part of me that likes that because She's been off doing, and here's some space shit, and we just find out about it. And I, this is totally new to this. There was no, that's not a reference to anything. It's just a larger, but she was missing. We have blanks to fill in with this movie because she disappeared for like 30 years or something. I think you're right. Like they recapped, but I believe that it could have been done much more efficiently. I think the first act or the cold open or whatever needed to be very retooled so that it had a smoother entry. I mean, it's been four years, and it's been a lot of road in four years, and it's it was I a get movie it. that wasn't that memorable anyway. So we needed help here, right? There's and a there's really a way to do some sort of recap page or something that was a lot smoother than how they did it because those flashbacks still kind of relied on the fact that you would remember the other movie, like right. well, and was the Supreme Intelligence in that movie? I don't even remember that at all. Kinda not the big face, but the big face was in this, right? That's I was confused. I was like, wait a minute. I thought like I would remember that. Annette Benning was the supreme intelligence. But not a big green face like the movie? No, like this movie? she was like the avatar of the supreme intelligence. So the destruction of Hala, just a delicious bread that nobody should destroy. <laughs> the destruction of Hala, was that in the movie? No. Okay, that's a problem. Right, that's what I'm saying. The plot was a big problem. Also, when we were right. walking out, my wife was like, was Lee Pace in the first one? I was like, no, that was Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, there's so many sort of nebulous villain characters like that that don't stick around what an incredible waste of lee pace yes it really really bugged me that the kree were not all blue-faced i don't really really but some kree are blue yeah, i'm okay with that they gave some credence to it <laughs> no, but i just uh, wanted them all to be blue but they they're not blue. all blue usually uh, it's certain certain there's 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 <laughs> there's white ones <laughs> why aren't the kree more white 
Josh, did you notice that the uh, Emperor of the Skrulls was McGloin? I've been waiting to say that exact sentence you for some time now. I just haven't gotten it in. Yeah. You didn't get fish hooked though. No, they didn't fish. The whole time I was like, I know that voice. And like I could pick out the eyes and I the Scottish accent. And I was like, is that that one guy who was the Hobbit guy? McTaggart? I forget, but it wasn't. Oh, I yeah. I okay. thought that might be who, who it was, but it wasn't. It was, it was, I don't know Gary Lewis's name. So what do you know this guy from? Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Gangs of New York. Okay. He got fish hooked by Leonardo DiCaprio. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't place McGoin. him. He was very upset about who was in the church. So this has not been a good year for Jamie McKelvey. Yeah. He got his suit taken away in the comics. And now here in the film, they have to get new suits for convoluted reason. And Carol ends up in a suit very reminiscent of the original comics suit, which I really liked, actually. I feel bad for Jamie. Oddly enough, they got rid of the jacket. In the right. year of the no jacket, jacket here, but it, she, she looks like she's in the suit that Marvell wore mm-hmm. originally, which I thought was cool. Okay, here, again, these aren't nitpicks. I mean, they are, but it didn't really have anything to do with my... So they, they go to the planet of the singing and the dancing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, we need clothes. And then they make them new uniforms. Well, there didn't seem to be anything wrong with the uniforms they had. It wasn't like they were like, we can't go out like this. They just got new uniforms for some reason. It was an odd beat, yep. They weren't necessarily upgrades to what they had. I liked Monica's better. Yes, no, hers was better and that made sense. But the others... They weren't materially better or different. They just changed them in the middle. But there wasn't really a reason for it. I just bumped on it. It's not like a huge problem. This movie does not hold together for me story-wise. Like, like story-wise, there's, there's no reason for them not to have gotten those suits on the ship, like Carol. Yeah. I like how the they had all their regular clothes. I couldn't decide if I liked that they had their regular clothes. But after a while, I was like, all right, she's from Earth. She would want to have her regular clothes. She's on a spaceship. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Hey, do they all have the same kind of spaceship? Like, is that the same spaceship that the Guardians have? Similar. Not the same, but similar. Okay, because I was like, wait, is that the Guardian's ship? Because it's very... And they're actually not a heck of a lot different than the Quinjet. Bowie, I believe, is the... One of the things I was thinking about as I was leaving was that... And I realized nothing stays the same. Everything changes eventually. It's been going on for a long time. It's been, what, 15 years of this? But it did used to feel like when a Marvel movie came out, it was an event that everyone I knew went to. Mm-hmm. My mom went, my siblings who don't go to the movies a lot, they went, like, everyone I knew went to see the new Marvel movie. It was a big deal. And now it has completely lost that sheen. And I think it's because they really have been putting out too much. All the shows didn't help. Marvel stuff no longer feels special because they pumped out, what, seven movies in two years? And then, like, five shows or whatever it was? It's difficult. Because there's also COVID too. Yeah, and COVID was that was like, when it happened. And then like getting feature film premieres at home, so that changes things a little bit. They started pumping them out, and they had to finish them in weird circumstances. And the entire landscape of what the cinema meant changed. Also, it's been a oh, long no, 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 time. No, 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 no. I don't agree with that at all. Because okay, Spider-Man made over a billion dollars. Doctor Strange made almost a billion dollars. Okay. Top Gun made a billion dollars. Barbenheimer, like people still go for events. And, if, and Mar- I think Fine. they killed the event aspect of Marvel. Maybe, but they might have just done that from this point of view of like, how much do you have in you? Like, how many times can you repeat this? We've talked about this. They used all the big characters as soon as possible. And so by the time they get to a certain point, there's nobody left. All the big stars have like literally signed off. After Endgame, you have a problem because they it was unable to be replaced. Yeah, now, now the rumor is they're trying desperately to get Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans to come back. Yeah, but That's even that, like, you know, they tried to, like, okay, we caught the lightning once, actually. I agree. Look, it ended, Endgame ended it. Endgame ended the right. Marvel phenomenon, but they didn't help themselves by putting out 
I'm going to say a lot of subpar material in a short amount of time. When you cram out seven or eight films mm-hmm. and five or six shows in an 18 month period, and most of them are just okay, you really kill the brand as an exciting event. That happens with everything. I mean, like that. It's like oh, this, this. Like it happens with Pixar. I mean, every single thing that came out from Pixar was like, "Oh it's my true. god!" And that's over. I think it's just the way of things. You only have so. It's the Disney way. One Star Wars movie a year. What happened mm-hmm. with that? You yeah. know. Well, I mean, they run it into the ground. There's always this. It's like this idea of like these people are insatiable for it. They'll never run out. Let's give them as much as possible. And and, and, and like you're shooting yourself. You know, cutting your nose to spite your face. Like keep it cool. Keep it special it needed to be special and rare and they made it not and the problem is there's just too many movies like this that are just like okay it was fine mm-hmm. like i liked the leads which is what you can say about almost every marvel thing because yeah. they really they're still really good at casting the leads but that's kind of what comic books feel like at this point like it's it's almost inevitable that it was going to happen like this and it's bummer because i did you know I, I used to you know i get so excited for these and then this was just like uh this is the worst opening marvel film of all time see that's the part that's sort of too bad is that there are worse movies yeah, yeah, yeah. Than this. For sure. And, yeah, and, definitely. And it's definitely not the worst. You're getting punished a little bit for being a B plus or a B, you know, but because everybody, you know, like you're the fifth kid and they all got straight A's and it's just like, okay, well, you know, what else have you got for me? And it's kind of got to be the same thing because of what it is. And, and also so, it's it's unfair because the first film came out literally in between the two biggest films yeah. that Marvel ever made. And so it got, I think the halo effect of those pumped it up to a billion dollars. Cause look, it was an okay movie. It was by no means a billion dollar movie, that first no. one. No. But it was because it was in the halo of mm-hmm. Endgame and Infinity War. So the expectation was always going to be too high for this film. All the reports were like, well, the first film made uh, 125 million opening weekend and it made a billion dollars. Like, yeah, but this one's not going to. But yeah, and that was a different so world that in standard. a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm mean, like I, th- I thought it was pretty good, but you know, like if you're comparing it to everything that came before, it's almost impossible to win. And then you know, to be fair, in a world that's like the world that we do, a movie that has three female superhero leads is going to have a tough time in the market for several reasons. Most of them shitty, and so you know, it's t- and also like two of them are not well known quantities. We're also being told that Monica Rambo is a top tier superhero in this, and she's not. She's not known. I don't even know what her powers are in this. She kind of is figuring it out. Manipulates <laughs> light wavelengths. But that's the thing. That part, I don't care about that. I, I like that about some comics. Like, Photon's powers are what she now. She's Spectrum. Like, her power is what you need it to be in the story you're in. But again, yeah. in the comics, she's not the star. Even in the comics, she's not the star. She's on the Avengers team. She had her own miniseries just recently. I, mean, she's, I know, but everybody has the miniseries sometimes. Like, she's not, like, that's not going to be... Well, she wasn't the star here either. She's, right. she's behind Brie Larson on the poster. It's, it's still Captain Marvel's show. Yeah. It, it just, to me, they weren't the problem. The problem to me was the villain was a huge problem, and the plot, I just still didn't really understand or care what was happening to Hala. It was really short. By the way, Paul, I checked my watch. The listing of this movie is 145, but the movie ended at 120. It was 25 minutes of credits. Mm-hmm. This movie was almost the same length as the animated films we review. I believe this is the shortest one. Yeah, by said? far the shortest yeah. one. But like, yeah. it was actually closer to hour and a half than hour 45. And I feel like they actually needed some more time because things happened so quickly for no reason. There wasn't enough development. They didn't take any time to make me care about the, the bad guy or the Kree. I will say for me, I understood the basic frame of the thing is yeah. that so... At the end of the first Captain Marvel film, Carol goes and she sends, what's his face? Steve. Gigolo robot from uh, AI to- uh, <laughs> Vision? No, no, no. Uh, anyways, she- C-3PO. Right. She says, 
tell them I'm coming and she goes to the heart of the Kree Empire and she destroys the physical, you know, supreme intelligence, which is an AI. The big green head. The big green head. So it was in the movie. Well, that's where she's headed at the end of the movie. Oh, so we didn't actually see it. So we don't see it. We see it in flashbacks here where she destroys that. And then she thinks that that is going to free the Kree Empire from this artificial intelligence that has been controlling them or directing them. But in doing so, it kind of causes all of these problems and their planet starts falling apart. And so they have a drought, they have unbreathable air. And so that's why she's going around using portals, stealing oceans and suns and atmosphere from other worlds. I get that. It's just it... (sighs) The movies are better when there's a compelling villain who can stand toe to toe with the heroes, mm-hmm. you know, Loki or whoever. But like, no, literally, like at the beginning, she goes and she's like, "I'm going to steal your air," and I was like, "All right, so space balls." Right. Second one right. is, that "I'm going to steal your water," and I was like, "What? Do you not have like you need? First of all, air and water go together, so you should go to a place that has both of those things and take them <laughs> at once." And then was there a, was there just the sun? That was the last one. Yeah, the Earth Sun. You're going to take Earth Sun. <sighs> You know, there's a lot of fucking suns. Why would you take that one? Because she was getting revenge on Captain Marvel. I, no, I get it. These I are just, all places that Carol has a presence, and so it's it's revenge. Yeah, but but like then, the, the, they still tried to like make her not a bad guy because she was trying to help her people. And she right, was, that's the other problem. Is it was too on many her of these watch, and so villains are just heroes who were yeah, misguided. And I didn't know she was. I was, uh, you yeah. know, it, like there wasn't an introduction for who she was. And maybe in some of the other movies that kind of worked, but I felt like we've talked about this in comics. You know, you, you have to say the names of the people who are on screen and there's a thing yeah. that tells you, oh, it's the Grand Imperator of so-and-so, you know, and then somebody in the crowd goes, she has a thing, you know, like whatever, yeah. be a little clunky to tell us what's going on. This isn't yeah. high cinema. Tell me what's happening. Stop trying to be cool. And there's been so many villain entrances like that and they're all sort of vaguely the same. Tell me what her deal is, because hinting at it doesn't really give me anything interesting to hook on to. Should we talk about that mid-credit sequence? Yes. Well, is there anything else to talk about the, sh- the movie itself? I mean, I thought we did talk about Sam Jackson. I thought he was funny. He seemed to be having a good time. It's a definite course correction from Secret Invasion, because that was miserable. <laughs> and he had to play a miserable character, like going through a divorce. <laughs> That's what I want to see, Paul, on my TV is... You don't. Is sad Nick Fury getting divorced. Oh, my God. I made three episodes I was of watching show. him on screen, and it like occurred to me. I was like, all right, he's supposed to be Nick Fury. Because as far as I understand, it's just Sam Jackson up there. Yeah. Right. It's not a knock on him. That's what he does. That's what you bring him in for. But I was like, this guy, who I love, has just obliterated the concept of actual Nick Fury. Yeah. Like, it's oh, totally. gone. And it, it's kind of a bummer. Yes. Like, I know Sam Jackson loves that stuff. Like, he wanted to play Nick Fury because he loves it. Yeah. And then he did this, and now there's no more Nick Fury. It's not his fault. I know. It's Marvel's fault. I get it. It is a bummer, but I thought he was fun. It's fine. He actually did seem to be having a good time, and he, I think he got to be a little comedic. He's always been funny, but he's got he to got be the biggest laugh for me in the movie when Monica and Kamala are, are falling. They're free falling into the backyard, and then they do the swap, and Carol lands, and there's a really hard cut, mm-hmm. but like before it cuts, he's like, oh, it's just Carol. Yeah, I like that. That was good. So it's fine. That was I funny. should also, because we're, we're here, the puking and the sucking up of the people from the cats. The cats. Boy, if there was a moment where I was like, well, my kids are going to have enjoyed their time here. It was that. <laughs> That's a fun sequence. The hurting cat sequence, real fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, did it need to be there? No. Was yes. it entertaining and memorable? Yes. You know, great. It was, a, you know, 
It's fine. I enjoyed that. I knew the kids would like it. All good. Before we move on to the mid-credits, did your kids like the movie? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Oliver, my older son, he liked it more than Henry, who has a hard time sitting through movies in general. After he goes, mm-hmm. how come I don't feel good after movies? It's like, you just ate a fuckload of popcorn and candy. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why. why. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Okay, so the movie ends with Monica sacrificing herself to close the portal that was between the multiverse. You just can't get away from it. So she had to go to the other side through the portal to close it from her side, and that's what happened. She got stranded on the other side. Credits roll. Everybody gets up and leaves the theater. I'm just like, it's been 15 years, guys. <laughs> we all know this is coming. You don't even have to wait till the end anymore. <laughs> so anyway, the premiere credits end, and Monica wakes up in a hospital bed attached to a bunch of wires and things in the hospital, and, and her mom is sitting next to her, but it's not her mom. It is a version of Maria Rambeau. Right. It's that multiverse version of her who's, I think, binary was the costume she was wearing. Well, I don't know. I don't She's know if it's had a the lot same of one. It's just it. It's basically if Maria had ended up becoming Captain Marvel instead of right. Carol. I did not know what that costume was. It looked kind of like the binary costume, but I don't know. It is binary. That's the, that's yeah. Yeah. So then it's revealed the doctor in the room is Hank McCoy, the Beast from I guess the X Men universe. It's Kelsey Grammer. It looked more like a different design. I mean, I don't remember. Different, it's been a while, but, but he looks different. It's in closer every book, so to it's the like animated. It uh, looks closer to the animated version than of, any of the versions we've seen. Like it's not like X Men Three. They did play the music from X Men Two, so who knows? Anyway, she's in some other multiverse that has some version of the X Men in it. And he mentions Charles. Right. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Kelsey Grammer. I always liked as the older Beast. I thought he's perfect for that. Yeah. My fear. And it's totally unfounded. This is the multiverse. They've already done it with Patrick Stewart. But when they finally do the X-Men, they have to redo it. They can't be any oh, elements yeah. that bleed through from the Fox world. It has to be completely redone from That's the scratch. That's part of the thing now. Is they're going to pick and choose and take whatever elements they want because it's multiversal, which I'm fine with, by the way. I don't care. Just because I don't care if it works out or not. If it does, great. If not, I'm not going to be upset because we've seen so many versions of it now. Like, whatever. I mm. very much care. I like the Fox X-Men a lot. Two of them are really bad, but two of them are really good. The first two were really good, right? The the first class and... I the first two and then Days of Future Past were really good. I like the, Days of Future Past, yeah. X-Men 3 and, and Apocalypse are just god-awful. They're, yes. You know, Hugh Jackman, it's all great. I just really want to see a more comics-focused X-Men I want to see something closer to the comics like they do with the other characters. I want to see I want to see a more true to the comics X-Men on screen. That's really what I want, very badly. The other thing, and I'll just do this quickly, but my, my friend Danny pointed out that it's also tricky with the metaphor of the X-Men, of the mutants. If they're coming from another reality, say, let's say the mutants come from this other reality to the MCU, that makes them not of this Earth. Mm-hmm. And that makes them, as, as Danny put it, an invasive species. So that's not a reason to be prejudicial towards someone or to be hostile towards someone, but it has more reason for you to be mistrustful. They're like actual aliens instead of other species on this planet. And that messes with the metaphor. It muddies the water. I agree with that. Well, we're assuming they're going to come from the other multiverse. And this is just, just another Doctor Strange moment with Mr. Fantastic and all those other characters. Well, mm-hmm. we'll see. We don't know what they're going to do. We have no idea. I mean, the whole thing always has been like, well, how are they going to integrate the X-Men stuff into this world? Because it sort of hinges on mutants having always been a part of just in secret. Right. So when things get retconned in like the Eternals, say, (sighs) it doesn't quite, (laughs) it gets rejected. (laughs) This movie is way better than the Eternals. By the MCU's antibodies. I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. 
Godfather 3 was better than The Eternals. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. That could be good. I don't know. It's pretty bad, but it's bad in a way that it's actually turned into be quite entertaining. I liked the scene. It was fun. I liked seeing Beast. It was nice. I'm yeah. happy that they keep teasing this stuff out until they figure out what they're going to do, which they haven't done yet. So everyone can calm down. They don't know what they're doing. Right. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, I had a good time too. <laughs> well, I mean, like, the, I mean, the deal was, I think, when Paul, when you and I did Guardians 3, I think we were both like, wow, that was great. And there were all these different things that we could point to that was great about it. And it is this, I mean, I guess if you're listening to this and can't put things together, like we were talking about problems or whatever, but we all generally enjoyed it. And so like those things were like, eh, there's things I noticed, whatever, you know, it's not amazing cinema, but it's a good time. I think the leads did a lot of heavy lifting in keeping this an enjoyable Yeah, I think experience. there's great chemistry. I think if you take them out of the equation, the movie is really hollow. Yeah. And as I said, I think the switching thing is fun. It's That was fun. An interesting wrinkle. There's a lot of fun fight choreography in it. I liked the training sequence. Yeah, that was cool. Where they yeah. were like, we're going to get really good at this. And, and I thought, here, this is here's credit, I guess, where there hadn't been before, is that a lot of times you would just see them be really good at it for no reason. Mm-hmm. And here you had to, you know... And the first right. movie is an 80s movie. You know, that's the point. So this is sort of like practice. the 80s training montage. Keep oh, those first movie was a 90s movie. 90s movie, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're movie, right, gosh. you're right, you're right. Listen, I don't, think that it, I don't think it makes a big difference to a lot of people now. Early 90s, late 80s. It makes a lot of difference to me. Yeah, it does. <laughs> was that Stan Lee's last cameo? I want to, I think it was, was the first Captain Marvel, and that's the one where he references uh, being in uh, Mallrats. He's got the script for Mallrats on the bus. Oh, I don't remember. Or the train or something. I don't remember anything about the movie. Nothing. I think he had already passed away, and then that movie came out, and that was the last one that Other he Other than did. Sam Jackson trying to run and look young, but unable to, because he's Even that is getting conflated with Robert De Niro trying to do that in <laughs> The Irishman. They're the same to me now. It's the same problem. All I'm saying is somebody should have got fish hooked in this movie, and no one got fish hooked. <laughs> Actually, the Skrulls in this, they're a gentle, pleasant people. I liked them. I liked them... Way more than the Secret Invasion Scrolls. I yeah. found myself thinking, why don't they just do the Kree Scroll War? It's too late well, now. They're sort of doing it in the background. Yeah, they should just done a big old battle. Big old sci-fi space. Nah, they're going to do battle. the trees instead. You do the tree people. You're going to find out that it's all been about tree people for a long time. The Ents? No. What was that short-lived uh, mini or mini event in Marvel? Like they were all they were all made of plant. Oh right. That God, one. I, that one. I put that one out of my brain. I guarantee you at some point they were like, what if we did that? Oh, Empire with a Y? Yeah, there you go. There you yes. go. Tree yeah. folk. Okay. So before we get to the other post-credit sequence, it wasn't a post-credit sequence. I left. I, didn't, I don't know what that was. No, it wasn't post-credits. It was in the movie before the credits, but it was clearly shot like a post-credit sequence. So I looked it up. Oh, okay. Because I looked it up and I was like, it's just the mid one. And I told a guy. I was like, there's no other one. He goes, there's something with audio. And I was like, all right, have fun. Yeah, it's just audio of the fucking cats. That's it? Yeah. Kang Dynasty is the next Avengers film, if it actually happens. And then Secret Wars the year after. People are speculating that that's how they'll bring the X-Men in through Secret Wars, but we'll... Have they shot the Kang movie? No. No. Oh, God, no. Okay. That's not getting me. The non-post-credits credit sequence was Kamala doing her best Nick Fury impression, recruiting Kate Bishop to join her new that was team fun. of young heroes. Which we've all been waiting for. We have all knew it was coming. They've been teasing it forever. Maybe better do it before they're in their 30s. That's the problem, is they're getting up there. Yeah, that was funny, like, because Kamala's like a, a sort of kid Avengers, if you will, and Kate's like, I'm 23. <laughs> right. I liked it, though, because, you know, Kamala is the... Is it Kamala? No, it's Kamala. Kamala, I, it is. This Kamala. happened last time with the 
The vice president has made this. Well, horrible. for a long time, I called the vice president by the wrong name because of. That's right. I, yeah, that's why our brains are rewired. So it's spelled the same way, though. She's a super fan, right? She's like the Barry Allen in the Silver Age. She's a comic mm-hmm. fan. She loves all this stuff. So her doing very consciously an impression of Nick Fury was fun. She's just a great character. Yeah, oh, she, I thought she really lit up the screen in, in her way mm-hmm. and, and was new and unlike. I wanted to know. I was like, oh, I can follow this character. This is good. Her show was fun. Like, if you ever find yourself with something, God, time literally, hands, it, no one ever mentioned it. Again, they put seven shows out there. No, I, I, again, not the fault of the show. Yeah. It's certainly somewhat my fault, but oh, and probably relevant to Josh. At, at the end of it, they established that she's a mutant. Yeah, not Did a they? human. Yes, yes. It happened in, in the, the show, show. For the comics. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. You know what? It might be the first time it's the word mutant in the Marvel Cinematic it, Universe. It, it's, the next show. Yeah, they're like you're you're some kind of mutant, like that kind of thing. I actually like they. I think they paid that off in the comics, so it's harder to be mad about it. I'm not mad about it at all because her being a mutant is is one step closer to getting away from whatever that weird Inhumans Terrigen mist thing. The Terrigen mist with everybody. thing. That was awful. So if they need to, which they that only aside, did because right that that was the period in comics where they were sort of going away from the X Men, right? Because of because Ike they didn't and, own, yeah. yeah, right, right. The Kotati are the plant people. No, Paul. Yeah. No, the Don't bring it back. Boy, that was terrible. Don't push. Do you that know word what planet anymore. they're from? Hala. Hala. Yeah. They're Kree. Yeah, the Kotati evolved on the planet Hala oh. alongside the Kree. Right, and then the Kree like sent them off to like do shit. Yeah. yeah. Then they were all pissy because they'd abandoned them or whatever. That was the whole deal. Yeah. And then they were going to take them down. This has been a lovely trip down memory lane. And they're kind of grass people, I would say, and tree people. I'm being plantist. I'm just, <laughs> I'm lumping all plants in together. Like, I'm deciduous, motherfucker. Do I look like a conifer to you? <laughs> Any final thoughts on the Marvels? I mean, I've, it's a very good chance that this will be, in fact, the final thought on the Marvels for some time. <laughs> I had yeah. a lovely time. I think we covered it. What's the next one? So that's an interesting thing. I think Deadpool 3 oh, is Deadpool's the, only the only Marvel next year. movie right. next year. It's the only Marvel movie next year. Yeah. Does that count? Yeah. Okay. It's now part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe somehow. Did that happen specifically or is that just has been well when two companies love each other very much and one has more money than the other (laughs) (laughs) they shot it already or they didn't finish shooting it they're finishing it right now but they shot most yeah that was one of the ones they were filming it and then the strikes all happened yeah 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 so everything else got pushed so it's the only film next year is going to be deadpool so it's it's a fallow period they really need to use this time to really figure out what they're doing with this whole thing you think they haven't been working on that (laughs) <laughs> well, I think they need this. I think there's a lot of scrambling going on. This was a disaster, business-wise. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a shame. I think it's going to get undue criticism. It's getting lumped in ways that it shouldn't. The film is being criticized for being kind of blasé, which I agree with. The main criticism is falling on Disney and Marvel Studios for their strategy post-Endgame. That's where the most of the criticism is hitting, rightfully so. I have to say the film is being knocked for being kind of not exceptional. Not exciting. I, I would say it's far from the worst thing they've put out since Endgame. No, that's Internals, which I think is still happening. I think it's still playing on my machine downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Like I, I was more disappointed with like Quantumania. I liked that. I liked Quantumania way more than this. Yeah. 
I was really disappointed with Thor Love and Thunder. Thor Love and Thunder was pretty bad. That was awful. That one hurt me. <laughs> that was awful from the standpoint of, like for me and probably for you, Paul, less so for Connor, is that I was really looking forward to it. And so the yeah, disappointment that, uh, of it was farther to fall. Whereas this, I really had no expectations going in. I was like, it'll be good if it's good. If there's stuff that's good in it, I'll be fine. This one is not bad in that way. It's just unexceptional. It was kind of. It's probably better than Shang-Chi. Black Widow. Was it Black Widow? Black Widow was the first one. See, I just had to remember if that happened. That's not a good sign either. They did seven films between 2021 and 2022. That's too many films. Yeah, it is. It is. If they were really good, it wouldn't have been. The problem is they can't be good. Yeah, I know. They're spread too thin. That's the problem. I don't disagree with you. They can't do that and five TV series at the same time. I think the TV series are actually pretty good during that time. Can we go ahead and rate this and, and get yep. on with the day? Ratings out of five. That's a good question. I said that and then I realized I was like, I'm unprepared here. I will give it three stars. Three stars. I wanted to, I did. I, I, like, I don't know if you heard me. I wanted to go more, but I couldn't justify yeah. it. Yeah. I think it needed a structural back to the outline rewrite and massive punch up. And I think they yes. could have had something special if they put some doctors on this. To oh, sort 100%. Of- they had, at least in your opinion, two great leads mm-hmm. that could have made a really fun hero and sidekick story. And they just didn't have it. I'm going to give it 2.95 out of 5. All right. So there you go. That is the Marvels. You can check out all of our other shows at fanboy.com. We have our weekly pick of the week show, where Josh and I talk about the week's new comics. We have our Talksplode, our Booksplode, our Mediasplode shows. All those shows are unlocked by the patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. This was the last special edition review show of the year. We'll be back with something next year. I don't even know what it'll be, but it'll probably be the first one will probably be animated. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Is that, the, is that the first thing? one next year? Possibly. This was fun. I enjoyed talking about it with you guys, and I enjoyed yeah. talking about it with all of you out there in listener land. And thanks for listening to all the special editions this year. And until next year, I'm Connor. I'm Paul. Josh, reporting for duty with the Cree and whatnot. Nice to have you here, Josh. Yeah. How did I end up on the Super Adaptoid page? <laughs> I think I, w- I went looking for the Kotati, and I'm just, I'm just clicking on blue words, and it took me to Super Adaptoid. Oh,